Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. The presence of God is not an optional extra. We need, we need His presence. We have, we have people who diligently live out principles but know so little about presence. The presence of God will, it will come as a bomb like the, like the oil and the wine that was poured out on the road to Jericho, bringing comfort, healing to those who have been beaten up by life. If you're here today and you're feeling beaten up by life, you're in the right place. Not because I'm here, not because we're here, but because he's here. The presence of God will also come like a fire. A fire in your soul. It will, it will get you through stuff and, 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 and enable you to stand in circumstances that you would never be able to stand in your own strength. The presence of God will flow as a river in a dry place, bringing refreshment and strength to a weary soul. The presence of God is an enabler, an enabler, a Holy Spirit, a comforter. Bible describes him as a paraclete, one who draws alongside. We need him. And that's why, that's why Moses said, Lord, if you're not going to go with me, we're not going. Don't send us from this place, which is what these three weeks are based around Exodus 33, 15, when Moses says, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us from here. Whatever we're doing, we need him. We need him. It doesn't matter how good it looks on the outside. It doesn't matter how flash it looks on the outside. If he is not in it, it will be shallow and it will be hollow. Moses makes that statement because it is a recognition that we can't make it without you. Can't make it without you, God. I'm not going, Lord. If you, if you don't come with me, I'm not going. Last week, we, we looked at Daniel and we saw the presence of God lock those lion's jaws and liberate him from death. We need the presence of God. And I love the fact that in this room today, we've got people who are not really sure whether God exists, let alone whether he could actually speak to you. On the other hand, we've also got people here 
who God speaks to all the time. Tells them where to park, what dress to wear, what meal to order and what TV show to watch. And probably somewhere between the two is where you're gonna find him. Some people claim that they've, they've heard the audible voice of God. I would say that's a fairly rare thing. I, I, I personally have never heard the audible voice of God. However, I have heard an internal voice so loud, it was like, it was like an audible voice. One of the things that I've learned is that it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to, to hear God when your mind is distracted. We're just having a bit of a talk at the beginning here. Is that all right? I'm trying to, it's really important to me that I don't just come and talk at you. I come and talk to you and with you because we're building a church with people who hear God and see God at work in their lives. But I do think that there are, there are ways in which we can help ourselves to hear the voice of God. And I know that when my mind is running all over the place, I'm not gonna hear his voice like I should. Reminds me, um, in Luke 10, those, those scriptures there about Martha and Mary. The Bible says that as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. And uh, goes on to say, but Martha... Watch that word, was distracted. So we've got Mary, we've got Mary who sat listening to the Lord and we've got, we've got Martha who's just busy with all the stuff, preparing all the stuff for Jesus, preparing the food, just busy, 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 busy. And she's, and she's distracted. And, and if you've been around church anytime at all, you know, the, there are those preachers who said, you know, but, but Mary... She chose what is better. You gotta say it like that to make it sound really spiritual. But Mary, she chose what is better. Let me tell you something. That, that's something that might work in a sermon. It doesn't build churches. You say, oh, well, what are you saying? Of course it's better to be at the feet of Jesus. Well, it's not about being Mary or Martha. It's about being Mary and Martha. Because trust me, we need people who know how to serve. Now she may have had a couple of things that she needed to learn in the process, but we do need Marys and we need Marthas. We need, we need to be able to sit and listen to what Jesus is saying, but we also need people who know what it is to carry weight. But in this instance, Martha was distracted with all the preparations and she came to her and asked, don't you, Lord, don't you care? And you see, that is actually, I think, really interesting and really revealing. Because when I'm busy and doing stuff and I'm distracted and I can't, it's like I get to a place within myself where I'm saying, you know, oh, you know, don't you care? 
Don't you care? It's like God, that, that nobody cares about me, but, but it's, it's, it's not that nobody cares. It's just I've not given my chance. I've given, not given myself chance to listen. I've not given myself the ability to engage with the care that is on offer. And, and, and she winds up saying, Lord, don't you care about me? Don't you care that I'm going through all this? Don't you care that I'm carrying all this weight? Don't you care I'm tired? Don't you care I'm busy? And look at her sat there with her hands in the air like she just don't care. <laughs> and Jesus said, he said, Martha, Martha. I, this is not my, I can't, I, could, I mean, like I could preach. You see, if Jesus had to say it twice, it's like, he didn't just say Martha. It's like she was there, but she was like this. And he's like, Martha, Martha. He had to just get her attention. He said, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or only indeed one. Mary has chosen what is better, and I'll not be taken, it will not be taken away from her. In, it, but in, in other words, it's not saying that the best thing is just to sit. It's, it's, it's like, where's your attention? Where's your mind? You're distracted, you're all over the place. You're not, you're focused on the wrong thing. And the truth is, you can still worship me in your service. You can still be giving attention to me in your service. You, the, the service does not have to become so much of a distraction that you shut me out. Even as you serve, you can listen. Even as you serve, you can hear my voice. And yet so much about the presence of God and hearing is not about hearing with our physical ears. Sometimes, sometimes we just need a little bit of help of understanding um, when God is doing something. I'm thinking about that account in John 21 where, where you know, Jesus has been crucified and Peter's decided to go back to fishing and, and, and they've been up all night again and they've caught nothing again and Jesus shouts to, uh, them, uh, to the, the disciples on the boat from the shore and says, put the, put the net on the other side. And so they did and they, they caught a big catch of fish and there was John, the one, I love the fact that he writes of himself the one that Jesus loved. He, he wrote of himself the one who Jesus loved. And, 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 and when, when John saw that, it was like, it's the Lord. It's, wait a minute, I get this. I, I didn't know it before, but now, now I've seen this. I know this is how he works. I know this is what he does. Sometimes, sometimes we just need some people around us who have been on the road a little while and they get it. They say, wait, no, 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 no. This, this, is, this is not an ordinary moment. This is, this is a moment where the Lord is doing something. And then Peter, in that moment, he just leapt out of the boat and ran and ran to Jesus. But, but it's, we, 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 we sometimes need help to, yes, yes, I might have missed it, but the Lord, the Lord is here. So often we hear the voice of God in our hunches. I know it's not a very spiritual word. It's not even a biblical word, but I'm trying to get you to understand that sometimes we can lose truth in, in language that sounds spiritual and we don't get what the truth is. And, and so I'm trying to help you understand that sometimes it's in my hunches 
that I hear the word of the, word of the Lord. I hear, yeah, it's, it's in those, I'm not sure. I don't know. It somehow doesn't, it doesn't feel right. There's something a bit off. Or conversely, I don't know what it is. I, it doesn't make sense, but this just feels so right. We should go for it. God will often speak to us in our hunches. Jesus said, let them who have ears to hear, listen to what the Spirit is saying. Let them who has the ears to hear, listen. Let him who has the ears to hear, listen to what the Spirit is saying. In the presence of God, I don't just hear what is being said. I hear what the Spirit is saying. I'm preaching one message today, but I'm preaching far more messages than you'd ever imagine. Because there's a message that's being declared and there's a message that's being heard. And the Spirit of God is ensuring that you hear a message that you need to hear. And it may not be the same message as somebody else sitting next to you. Or they hear the same words. But the Spirit is saying something different. I don't just hear what's being said, but what the Spirit is saying. It's like I might say to my wife, are you okay? And she says, I'm fine. Now I heard what she said. But am I hearing what she's saying? If you're a young man here today, you could do well in just taking notes. You may not have been taking notes up to this point right now, but you need to put it right on the back of a receipt. Just take out your phone. Just take down something because I am giving something to you right now that will serve you not only for the rest of your life, but it will save you a lot of pain, a lot of heartache, and a lot of anguish. That when she says to you, I'm fine. Do not walk away from that moment saying, oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Because if you only listen to what was said, you're going to miss what she was saying. I have learned to know what my wife is saying by being with her. You've got to be intentional about being with someone. Don't assume that just because you live together in the same house, you know someone. You've got to, if you, if you, know, if you want to know someone, you might know what people do, but you don't know them. There are people who live and they say they are married and they live in the same house, but they don't know each other because they have not been intentional about getting to know. Just because I'm with someone doesn't, know I know, doesn't mean I know them. I have to be intentional about knowing them. I, I know my wife because not only have we been in one another's presence, but we have been intentional about getting to know each other. I recognize her voice. Said it many times before. She will, if she thinks I'm going on in my preaching, I can hear that cough anywhere. <laughs> anywhere. My ear is so tuned 
My ear is so tuned. I don't, I would generally say that I don't always agree with the cough, but I heard it. I have learned to know what she is saying even when she hasn't said anything from her lips. We were out with some friends uh, towards the end of, of this week and we went out for a meal and I was trying to explain something and I looked over at her and I caught her eye and no word left her mouth. But in her eye I saw, come on Mark, and get on with it. <laughs> she never said anything but that is what she was saying. It's similar to learning the voice of God that when, when we're in his presence, he teaches me to recognize his voice. I learn to hear not only what is being said, but what he is saying. See, God, God told Isaiah of a special promise he makes to those he loves. He says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And I know that some people follow God because they want a God who will protect them from some things. And there's a lot to be afraid of. There's a lot to be scared of in the world. That is true. But we do not just follow a God who protects us from things. He will also protect us through things, through the waters, through the fire. And that may not always be easy and it may not always be comfortable, but God isn't just looking after us like we are babies. He is growing us. He is developing us. He is, he is helping us to be the best version of ourselves. If I, if I am the same as I was when I first received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, there is something gone wrong with the process. Because when I receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, I have set my, part, my life on the path of eternal development, of growth. God, God is developing me. He is building something into me. He is changing me. Do we have anyone in the house who knows that since, since they came to Jesus, they know, you know you've changed. It doesn't matter what anyone else says. Give me a wave. You know you've changed. You know. God is taking us through some stuff because he's teaching us maturity. You know, when, when we are immature, when we are children, of course we are protected from. 
as your mother, it can be a, a difficult transition as a parent that when you are used to uh, looking after and protecting your children, it is a difficult transition as they begin to grow and they begin to flap their wings to, to let go. It's a difficult thing because you, and that's why the kids need to give mom and dad a bit of a break because everything about them is trying to look after you, to look out for you, to, to protect you. But now we've got to let you go. And, it's, and it's, it's not easy, but, but maturity means that I don't just get protected from, I get protected through. I've got to go through some stuff. God has to allow us to develop and take us through some stuff because He's teaching me to hear His voice in the fire. He's teaching me to hear his voice in the challenge. He's teaching me to hear his voice in trouble. I, anyone, anyone can hear his voice. Most of us can hear his voice when we're lying next in the green fields next to the still waters. We love that bit. But God is looking for some people who will face every up and down of life, who will face every, every challenge of life and they will, they will hold on to God. They will hold on to His Word. They will hold on to the truths of what He says, even, even when all they can see is the shadow of the mountain, even when all they can feel is the heat of the fire, all, all they can sense is the waters all around them. But they say, I will trust in the Lord. He is my help. He is my strength. He is my deliverer. And I can't feel you right now, Lord, but I know you're there. I know you're there for me. You You've gone ahead of me. You are behind me. You are by my side. I will fear no evil. Though the devil himself come against me, I know that he cannot snatch me from your hand because you are my God and I am your child. I am your daughter. I am your son. I belong to you. Oh my God, if you believe it, give the Lord. God, God will take us through. He will, he will take us through and it can be difficult because when I'm going through something, what I want to know is, am I going to make it? Am I going to make it to get to the other side? It's hard. It's difficult. And yes, Lord, I'm believing. And yes, Lord, I'm trusting, but I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel right now. And it can be challenging because God, God does not give us our instructions up front. When I key in the destination in the satnav, I don't get the instructions up front. I don't start the engine. I don't press start your journey. And he says, now you're going to turn left and you're going to take the second left after that. And then you're going to go down the road a bit and then you're going to turn right and then you're going to go straight on. And, and uh, it doesn't come at me like that. I have to, if I'm going to make this journey through to the destination, I have to be attentive to the voice along every stage of the journey. God wants us to be attentive 
to his voice in the fire. He wants us to be attentive to his voice in the challenge, knowing maybe, maybe, that's, why, maybe that's why God says it, the steps of a righteous person are ordered by the Lord. It's the steps, the steps, it's the steps. I know you want to know the whole thing. I know you want to see how this is all going to work out. I know you want to know the whole journey, but it's one, one step step at a time. Just, will you trust him for the next step? You, you, if, he, if he gave it all to you now, let me tell you, you'd probably run afraid, not knowing what to do because you say, how can I do that? It is an act of mercy. It is an act of kindness that God just gives you the next step. It's just the next step. Just take, just take the next step and listen for what he wants you to do. Just do what he told you to do. Take the next step. Turn to someone and say, take the next step. Just take the next step. You don't know how it's all going to work out, but he's got you. If he asks you to take a step, it's because he knows what's coming next. He tells us to trust in him with all our hearts and lean not on his own understanding for, not on our own understanding for a reason. Because he's building something into you. Teaching you to hear his voice in the tough times. He's also teaching you that in life, you don't get perfect circumstances, but you do get his presence. I preach right there for somebody. That's life. You don't get perfect circumstances, but you do get his presence. That's why I think that the account of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is such a powerful account. I'm going to read it to you. It's a great account. The backstory is that this king, Nebuchadnezzar, is so conceited, surrounded by people who are, who are saying to him that, you know, <laughs> You just need people who are going to bow down and worship you, treat you, speak to you like you are God. And, and, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were, were men who refused to bow before this man as if he were God. And when Nebuchadnezzar heard about it, he says, furious with rage, he summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves. That's a word for somebody. That's a word for somebody. Stop defending yourself. Stop trying to make it all right. They're going to say what they're going to say. They're going to do what they're going to do. Trust the Lord. 
We do not defend... We need, do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace to be heated up seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. And the king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar leapt to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly your majesty. He said, look, my God, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, unbound and unharmed, unbound and unharmed, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. The satraps, prefects, governors, and Royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. I'm just going to talk to us in these last few minutes about things that are formed in the fire, things that we can understand from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's journey. One of the things that I firstly learned is that trusting in God does not protect me from trouble. Trusting in God does not protect me from trouble. And I think we can save ourselves a lot of pain by expecting that that will always be the case that if I trust the Lord, it's going to be all right. Yes, if you trust the Lord, it is always going to be all right. But there is a journey on the way to all right. There's a journey on a, on a, on a there's a route to it's going to be okay. I learned that when I make a decision to trust God, that things will not always work out in the way that I think. 
I haven't even got time to talk you through the times in my life where the gap between what I thought was gonna happen and what actually happened is so wide I can't even begin to say. We've got to react, we've got to understand that the, that, that, that the same Jesus, the same Jesus who told us to get in the boat, the same Jesus who told us to go over to the other side, the same Jesus who, who, who say, that's where you need to go. That same Jesus will allow us to go through a storm en route. But if he allows us to go through a storm en route, it is because he's trying to teach us something about who he is and what he's able to do. God is not a sadist. God is not cruel. God loves you. He loves you. He loves you beyond your wildest expectations. And He loves you so much and loves you too much to leave you as you are. That's why some of you are facing what you're facing right now. Not because God has abandoned you. Not because you've dropped off God's radar. But because you need to understand that He is with you. He is for you. Even in the fire. Even in the tough times. He is making a way. He is the one who can speak to the storm and shut it down. It's like, you know, I, but I, I'm sure there are people in the room who know what I'm saying, but, but I only did what God told me to do. I only did what He said. And now look, all this stuff, it's just, it's just not worked out how I expected. I did what He told me to do. And, and I thought that, you know, because I, I did what He asked me to do, that it was all gonna work out like this. And I, I was making my plans. And, and, but it's, it's, I did what He asked me to do. And it's just not worked out how I thought. And it can be frustrating. And that's how in our distraction, we can get to the point where we say, oh Lord, don't you care? Lord, don't you care? It would have been better that I didn't start out. It would have been better that I just stayed as I was. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you, you have someone who earned in the year, you just made a step of faith to start, to start tithing. And, and you thought because you started tithing that everything was all gonna get sorted overnight. And it hasn't. And you're thinking, ah, oh, well, you know, maybe it works for everybody else. It, it doesn't work for me. But the devil is a liar because God is wanting to, God needs your faithfulness. God needs your faithfulness. He needs you to just keep doing some stuff. And sometimes it's not exciting and sometimes it's not sexy and sometimes it's not easy to do, but you've just got to keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Just keep going. Just keep growing. Just keep doing what He's asked you to do because there is an end to this story and it's not the one the devil is whispering in your ear because God is faithful. And He will bring you out the other side. God is looking for faithfulness. Those who, those who know their gods shall be strong and do exploits. I love the fact that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego face their trial with a triumphant spirit. I'm trusting God. Even if God doesn't deliver me, I'm still gonna trust Him. Even if it, even if it doesn't work out how I thought it was gonna work out, I'm I'm still gonna trust Him. I still believe He spoke to me. I still believe He's a way maker. I, I'm not, I am not giving into this. 
It's all in His hands. Second point, what killed others won't kill you. It's a crazy thing. The very, we're not Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego also near the fire. It was the soldiers who lifted them up, but the ones who lifted them up died in the fire, but they did not die. You need to understand that you're being protected in the fire even before you get in. God is protecting you. He has not abandoned you. He has not left you. God has already thirdly set the scene for a miracle. I just find it really interesting that the Spirit of God really goes to some trouble to explain how tightly Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were bound. They, weren't just, they didn't just pick any soldier to tie them up. They picked the strongest soldiers. Soldiers with strength. It's not, you're not just gonna be tied up tightly. You're gonna be tied up by our strongest guys. When God does something like that, it's because number one, He wanted everyone to see. He wanted everyone to see. No one was gonna be able to turn around and say, you know what, these guys were not even tied up properly. He wanted everyone to see. He was setting the scene, setting the stage for a miracle. God is making sure that there is no doubt that what He is about to do in your life is God and God alone. I wanna say that again. God is making sure He is setting the scene so that everyone around you will know that what God is doing in your life is Him and Him alone. Fourthly, the presence of God in the fire is more powerful than the fire. The presence of God in the fire is more powerful than the fire. His presence protects you. Everything that says you should have died and you didn't because He protected you. You survived that sickness because He protected you. You, you, you survived that car crash because He protected you. you. You survived that situation because He protected you. You survived that mental illness because He protected you. You survived that anxious season because He protected you. He is protecting you in the fire. There is no fire strong enough to overwhelm His presence and His protection. Everything that says you shouldn't have come through that is a liar. He's more powerful than the fire. He's more powerful than the flame. I love the fact they were walking around in the fire. They weren't just in the fire. They were walking. They were walking in the fire. It's like God's just showing off now. I'm walking in stuff that I shouldn't be surviving in. 
I'm walking around in stuff that, that I shouldn't even, it, it makes no sense, but I'm here and I'm alive. And, and people were expecting me to be dead and people were expecting that I wouldn't come through and people were expecting I weren't gonna make it, but I'm, I'm walking around in some stuff. Why? Because if God is with me, who can be against me? If my God is for me, He will make a way. I don't care how, how hot the flames are. I don't care how hot the furnace is. My God will help me to survive. You have survived this far because of His presence. And it might not be a goosebump, fluffy presence that just makes you go, oh, hallelujah. No, because there are some times in my life when I need a God who is gonna protect me from the flames of a fierce, a fierce fire. I'm surviving and I shouldn't be surviving because I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit. Oh my God, I'm, I'm talking to somebody today. I'm surviving something I should not be surviving. But my God is making a way. Fifthly, I love the fact that in the presence of God, even a heathen king finds himself having faith. A heathen king. How ridiculous, how ridiculous for this great king to step up, the furnace, up to the furnace and start having a conversation with the blokes in the furnace. It's like, if you play that back on the video, it's like, that does not make sense. That is crazy. But that heathen king recognised, wait a minute, there's something going on here. I, I, I thought I knew about God. I thought I knew about how this stuff works, but there's something going on here. Don't you understand? Don't you understand that some of the things that you are going through in your life right now is not just about you, but there are people all around you looking at you and thinking they ain't getting through this on their own. I don't know what it is. I don't know how they're being protected. I don't know how they're staying sane. I don't know how they're keeping their head above water. I don't know how this is all working out. There's something going on that, that God is revealing Himself to others through your circumstances. And you may be focused on your pain and you may be focused on the heat of the flame, but you need to understand the presence of God is with you. And He's doing more with your circumstances than you could have ever imagined. Sixthly, the presence of God meant that when they came out the other side, they didn't look like what they'd just been through. Their body wasn't burned, not a hair on their head was singed, their clothes were not scorched, not even the smell of fire was on them. They had been perfectly protected. They had been perfectly protected. You have been perfectly protected. I just love the fact that the presence of God, you know what, if, if ever, if ever, you know, you've come to a place where you give your testimony. I'm, I, mean, I mean, I'm talking about if you ever get into one of those places where you can, you can really give your testimony, not the sanitized version, not the nice version, where you just throw in a little spice just to hold people's attention. But I'm talking about the stuff 
even you don't want to talk about. If you, if you ever got to tell that version of your story and people heard it and they would look at you and they would say, no, you'd, you'd, never, you'd never say, hey. You'd never think. I, I hear what you're saying. I hear your story, but you don't look like what you've been through. Turn to someone and say, you don't look like what you've been through. You don't look like what you've been through. And yet for all that, and this is how I love the fact that, that God has set His scene and Claire Grange, that iPad is a liar in the name of Jesus. I have not run out of time. I don't know what you're doing. But the, the, I, I, want, I, want to say, I want us to understand that this is how you know that God has set the scene because suddenly they go to all this thing of saying, you know, not a hair on the head had been touched, not a turban had been touched, not, no smell of fire on them, but there was something that was missing. There was something that was gone. The things that had bound them going into the fire was no longer there. I need someone to hear today that the things that bound you going into the fire will not bind you coming out of the fire. You've gone through some stuff. There are some things that have bound you and held you up and impede you and stopped you being the person that you are gonna be. But I need to tell somebody today that that which bounds you going into the fire, when you come out the other side, not only, not only will you not look like what you have been through, but you will be free like you've never been free before. I'm speaking freedom over you, freedom. In the name of Jesus, He who the Son sets free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. In the name of Jesus, time's gone, but I want you to understand one thing, and this is what I believe, and you might disagree with me, and that's absolutely fine, but I just would like to say that, that it does not make sense to me in a fire where nothing else got burned, <laughs> that it was the fire that burned off the ropes. It doesn't make sense to me. What makes sense to me is the fire couldn't touch them, but it was the presence that set them free. It was the fourth man in the fire. It was the presence of God in the fire. It's the presence that sets you free. No fire, no circumstances, no, no education, no amount of money, no amount of what other people might say. No, it is the presence. It's the presence that sets you free. My seventh and final point. And I'm just gonna have to leave this with you, but the seventh point is no one can curse those whom God has decided to bless. Because what I didn't read to you was the end of the story. The king got to decree in Daniel 3, 29. He says, therefore I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be torn into piles of rubble. For no other God can save in this way. 
I say no other God can save in this way. And what I love is there, verse 30 says, that then the king promoted. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. They went through the fire, but those that tried to kill Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could not stop them being promoted. People may have said what they have said. They may have done what they have done. But I want to tell you with God on your side, they cannot stop you getting where God wants you to get. No one can curse that which God has decided to bless. No one can curse that which God has decided to bless. The other side of the fire is promotion. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I need you to know, I need you to know that you need to respond to what the Spirit of God is saying. And I am prophesying into your life that at the other side of the fire is promotion. God is bringing you out into prosperity. He's not bringing you out into less. He's bringing you out into more. God is giving you a promotion. What looked like demotion, my God, is actually promotion. Oh, I'm gonna say that again. What looked like demotion is actually promotion. God is making a way. God is with you in the fire. He's bringing you through. And when all is said and done, you will stand and say, if it had not been for the Lord, if it had not been for the Lord, I wouldn't have made it through. But my God is a good God. Oh, if you believe it, give Him a hand of praise. Right where you are, my God, you are great. My God, you made a way. My God, you are awesome. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.